This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I hope your week is going well for you in this new year of ours thus far. And speaking of this new year, ladies and gentlemen, now is the time to sign up for a club membership at Fight Laugh Feast. You've heard it all before. New year, new you. Well, that's true for our club portal as well. This year, CrossPolitik will be dropping exclusive content into our club portal that you won't be able to find anywhere else. That's right. Some of this content will include a Bible study series with Pastor Toby, a new special with new San Andrews president Ben Merkel, our backstage content, and probably stuff that Gabe hasn't told Toby or Knox about. So again, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com to get signed up today. That's FightLaughFeast.com. The IRS, gotta love starting the news stories with this, the IRS on the chopping block on first day of legislative work under Speaker McCarthy. The House of Representatives is slated to vote on a bill Monday night that would cut more than $70 billion in internal revenue service funding in an effort to prevent the agency from conducting new audits on Americans, fulfilling newly elected House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's promise ahead of taking the gavel. The Family and Small Business Taxpayer Protection Act from Reps Adrian Smith of Nebraska and Michelle Steele of California would roll back the billions of dollars of funding for the IRS that was approved in the Inflation Reduction Act last year. Smith's bill leaves in place funding for customer service and improvements to IT services at the IRS, but rescinds several categories of unobligated funding, including money that could be used to conduct any new audits on Americans. In total, it would claw back $72 billion of the funding Congress approved for the IRS last year. The Inflation Reduction Act grants an $80 billion boost to the IRS over a 10-year period, and more than half of those funds were aimed at helping the agency crack down on tax evasion. In 2021, the Treasury Department estimated that $80 billion would be used to hire 87,000 auditors and other new staff. Republicans have said that they would fight this aggressive expansion that would more than double the agency's current size. Quote, the last thing the American people need right now are more audits from an out-of-control bloated IRS, Smith told Fox News Digital. On Monday, the Inflation Act funding for IRS would lead to the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents taxed, tasked rather with raising enough revenue to pay for Democrats' Green New Deal priorities, end quote. In an exclusive interview with Fox News Digital just days before the midterm elections, McCarthy vowed that if he became Speaker in the House, protecting Americans from the IRS would be his first order of business. Speaking of which, what's in it? The House GOP rules package aims to curb trillions in yearly heaps of new debt. A 55-page set of rules for the House that Speaker Kevin McCarthy hopes to pass on Monday will set ambitious new curbs on federal spending, part of the GOP's effort to stop piling on trillions of dollars in new debt each year. One of the biggest changes is a return to a cut-as-you-go policy that says legislation cannot be considered if it increases mandatory spending over a five- or ten-year period. This cut-go policy requires bills that call for new spending to find offsetting spending cuts elsewhere in the federal budget. That is a more aggressive stance compared to the pay-as-you-go policy under Democratic control. Pay-go also requires offsets to new spending, but those offsets can either be spending cuts or tax increases, and in either case, 
pay-go rules were often waived entirely by Democrats. The decision to go with cut-go shows the new GOP's aversion to possible tax hikes, which can be seen elsewhere in the new rules package. For example, the rules require a supermajority in the House to approve new tax increases. Quote, a bill or joint resolution amendment of conference report carrying a federal income tax rate increase may not be considered as passed or agreed to unless so determined by a vote of not less than three-fifths of the members voting, a quorum being present, the rules state. In another push to stop piling on new debt, the rules will end the practice of allowing the House to automatically increase the debt ceiling through passage of a budget resolution that would require borrowing above the current ceiling. Instead, the GOP will require separate votes to raise the debt ceiling in a bid to restore accountability to Congress. The current debt ceiling is $31.38 trillion. And, by the way, the government is on the verge of hitting that cap. The rules package also instructs House committees to prepare plans for strict oversight of the Biden administration, including an assessment of which programs continue to receive funding from Congress, even though their authorization lapsed. It calls on committees to make recommendations on how to either consolidate or terminate those programs. The package brings back the so-called Holman Rule, which allows members to chop specific agencies or even the salaries of specific federal employees when appropriations bills are being considered. Hey, back to Twitter. Twitter was pressured by Pfizer to suppress posts questioning COVID vaccine efficacy. I suppose I'm not surprised to hear this. Alex Berenson dropped records from the Twitter files on Monday, stating that a board member of Pfizer pressured Twitter to suppress and censor any post questioning the efficacy of the company's mRNA vaccine. On August 27th, 2021, Pfizer board member Dr. Scott Gottlieb emailed Todd O'Boyle, a senior manager of public policy at Twitter's Washington, D.C. location. According to LinkedIn and also Twitter's point of contact with the White House, Berenson reported. The email subject line contained a tweet from Dr. Brett Goiner, I'm just going to go with that, who had briefly served under Gottlieb in the Food and Drug Administration. That tweet read, quote, it's now clear that COVID-19's natural immunity is superior to vaccine immunity by a lot. There's no scientific justification for vax proof if a person had prior infection. And I'm just going to move on to the next story because, like I said, that just really doesn't surprise me. I'm sure it doesn't surprise many of you. Moving on, Biden declares state of emergency in California after deadly storms. President Joe Biden declared a state of emergency in California on January 9th after a series of storms hit the Golden State, leaving about a dozen people dead. Several storms as part of an atmospheric river have hit California over the past two weeks and caused hundreds of thousands of customers to lose power, according to poweroutage.us. As the morning of January 9th, the website shows that more than 100,000 people are without power. Since December 26, 2022, San Francisco has received more than 10 inches of rain, while Mammoth Mountain, as a popular ski area in the eastern Sierra, got nearly 10 feet of snow. That was according to the National Weather Service. The emergency declaration allows the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency, otherwise known as FEMA, to coordinate disaster relief efforts and use emergency resources, the White House said in a January 9th statement. Biden, who's currently in Mexico, declared that an emergency exists in California 
California following successive and severe winter storms, flooding, and mudslides. FEMA is authorized to provide equipment and resources necessary to alleviate the impacts of the emergency, according to the statement. Over the weekend, in anticipation of more storms, the National Weather Service warned of a relentless parade of atmospheric rivers that will likely hit California. The second storm system will hit on January 10th, with lower rainfall totals, but will affect locations in Southern California, according to the federal agency. Heavy snow as much as six feet will fall across higher elevations of the Sierra Nevada mountains, located in the eastern portion of California, for tapering off on January 11th. There will likely be additional instances of flooding across California this week, this according to the agency. Elsewhere, let's go south to Brazil. Brazilian anti-Lula protesters storm presidential palace and National Congress. The headquarters of Brazil's executive and legislative branches were stormed by demonstrators protesting against the election of Socialist President Luiz Ignacio Lula da Silva, what a name, on Sunday breaking into the presidential palace as well as the National Congress building. Palacio da Platano, or the palace in English, is the workplace of Brazilian presidents and is located in the same plaza as the National Congress of Brazil, as well as the Supreme Federal Court. The Praca dos Tres Poderes, a of three towers plaza, is in the capital city of Brasilia. Brazilian outlet Metropolis reports that hundreds of Bolosarists, as they're called, or supporters of former President Bolosaro, broke through the blocks that prevent the entry of non-accredited people and entered the Platano parking lot before eventually making their way into the Palace and National Congress buildings. Footage shared by American conservative activist ALX shows the moment protesters broke through the barrier as police attempted to subdue them. Eventually, the police had to retreat while the crowd stormed through. Video from inside the palace shows the protesters decked out in patriotic outfits walking through the gas around the offices. So obviously tear gas has been deployed at that point. Around 2.40 p.m., the protesters also entered the National Congress building under a shower of tear gas bombs. More footage shows masses of protesters climbing up the ramps on the outside of the congressional building to get inside. Meanwhile, Olisaro is suspected to have been in Orlando, Florida, since December, reported by The Hill. Diaro, 98 columnist George Marquez, reported that while the buildings were being invaded, a portion of the Bolasaro supporters stayed behind to pray. Lula, who was inaugurated just one week ago, won 50.83% of the vote compared to the conservative incumbent Bolasaro, who won 49.17% of the vote in the country's October 2nd vote. There was a runoff election afterwards on October 30th, which Lula won, and that win was immediately ratified by the Superior Electoral Court. So that is what's going on in Brazil. Here's what's going on with a sponsor of ours, Gravity Jack. Gravity Jack is a full-service digital agency specializing in the development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, and Web3 projects. Founded in 2009 as the first American agency to offer augmented reality, they even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small business, Fortune 500 companies, and even the U.S. military. Get your vision in motion at gravityjack.com. That's gravityjack.com. Now, it's time for my favorite topic to wrap up today, sports. God's real. 
Bills quarterback Josh Allen fights back tears while recounting spiritual moment on the field as Damar Hamlin recovers. It has been a harrowing, terrifying, and yet oddly optimistic time for the Buffalo Bills, and I've covered this before. It's just a great story. On Sunday, just shy of a week after Bills safety, Damar Hamlin collapsed and went into cardiac arrest during a football showdown between the Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, the Bills returned to the field and won against the New England Patriots. But that was only a bonus to the amazing news. Hamlin is recovering and was able to watch the game from his hospital bed, sharing in the joy of the 35-23 to victory. Hamlin's healing has been an answered prayer for a nation on the edge of its seat, wondering if the 24-year-old player, whose initial medical state was dire, would pull through. That emotional toll was palpable, particularly after the Bills' win Sunday. Quarterback Josh Allen delivered an emotional statement and gave... God, all the glory. Quote, it was just spiritual. I was going around my team and saying, God's real, Allen said. You can't draw that one, write that one up any better. He continued as he got emotional. It's been three years and three months since the last kickoff return for a touchdown. Allen was addressing the first play of the game, a 96-yard kickoff return resulting in a touchdown that left the Bills in celebration. The significance here, of course, is Hamlin's number which is number three. Here's the great Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. And I know this is your time. You'd like to keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. Scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati, and now... <sighs> Storybook, just like they said. With the players coming out, donning Hamlin's number, Allen clearly saw this significance in the fact that it had also been three years and three months since the last kickoff return. Allen also said during the post-game news conference, he can't remember another play that impacted him in such a profound way. Quote, you want to know the truth? It was spiritual. It really was, he said. Bone-chilling. It was special. I can't remember a play that touched me like that in my life, end quote. You can't, you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. And that today, ladies and gentlemen, is why I love sports. This has been your CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. You can also sign up for a magazine subscription while you're there, so why not do both? Again, FightLaughFeast.com. And as always, if you want to email me a news story, if you want to ask about our next conference, which is going to be at the Ark Encounter, by the way, or if you want to talk corporate partnership with CrossPolitik, we need more of those, head on over to my email garrison at fightlaughfeast.com i'll respond personally and as always for cross politic news i'm garrison hardy have a great day and lord bless